Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched several things this week, starting with the brand new and I assume final trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. We also watched the new Netflix original film Red Notice, starring The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, so spoiler alert for that. And then finally we watched the other Netflix original film Passing, which stars Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega, spoiler alert for that as well. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as there are a couple of follow-up points, and without further ado, here's We're Watching what? Hot off the presses. The Spider-Man No Way Home official trailer. We waited hours in line to see Nithia. No. Um, <laughs> my thought process, I was like, I guess good for the people. I, I mean, I assume the talent was there. Who waits in line I, for a trailer? I, just, I really hope so. Good good on them for, you know, uh, uh, being I've, that enthused about it. I've done some dumb stuff. Like I, like, I went to see Secondhand Lion specifically to watch the Return of the King trailer. Yeah, but was that there? <laughs> and and it's like, well, I, I did the same I, thing anyway. Yeah, and I ended up enjoying the film, but I've done weird things like that. But I, I can't imagine standing in line to just get in just to watch a trailer real quick and then leave. It just I get, feels weird to me. I'm trying to remember. I once hosted an event, and I can't remember if it was a trailer or if it was like a 20 minute preview. I think it was a 20 minute preview. It was ugh, also I'm a little ashamed. It was Ghost in the Shell, which I have. Mixed feelings. Huh? I'm embarrassed for you, but you know. Yeah, I got paid, so that's what mattered. And oh, I was like, I will take your money. What was that? You know? What yeah. was that? What was the like hamster movie we watched? So oh we yeah, watch G Force. <laughs> yeah, did you we watch? G- well, here's the thing. We did a bad thing, and I, you know, because I'm very, I've, I don't like, I never like sneaking into movies. I was always, you know, we worked at the theater at the time and got in free anyway, so it's like whatever. sure. But we went and saw something else, and then we knew that. Alice in Wonderland, which I was very excited for at the time, uh, was on G-Force, like the trailer. <laughs> and I still maintain that that teaser was pretty fun. But anyway, we went in there, not the G-Force, the, the Alice in Wonderland. And so we yeah. went in there to watch it. And then we just made them, it was the last trailer in the pack. And we made the mistake of like not leaving soon enough. And we just watched all of G-Force for some reason. Like we were very, at the time we were more completist, I guess, where it was like, I mean, I still am this way it's somewhat, but you know, I remember the first time we walked out of a film that was the host and we just couldn't do it the anymore. Host. Like, this we is awful. We it. But it, I still think about it to this day, like the feeling in my gut when I left the movie, because it just was weird to me to leave a movie when it started. I, Bizarre. I, I don't, I think I, we, we probably I've talked about out this. of very, very few movies. I don't so. think I've ever walked out of a theatrical film. Yeah. It just feels weird. Right. Like you can turn one off at home, but yeah. when you're there, it well, feels very rarely do I tap out at home, but I, but, yeah, I don't usually either, but it would feel less awful to do that. Right. But for some reason in a theater, it just feels weird. Well, I think it's because we yeah, pay or, know. you know, we're there or whatever, you know, or, or yeah, but there's more intention behind it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You watched yeah. G-Force for the, that's, uh, that's did, commitment. We did. I, I we admire. did. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we can't throw any stones. No, we can, we cannot throw stones. And I, you know, I, I think people are excited for just like eventified things. And I, but yeah. my question is, were they? Did this trailer live up to? Uh, I'm, I'm I, not like super stoked on Spidey. So I, you know, I think it's fine. But I was like, okay, I guess it's, the thing it's is, been- is it, it did, it did confirm a lot of things that people were already saying. So in some ways, it feels not new to those of us who are, you know, aware of the MCU and what's going on and what it could all mean. So I think from our perspective, it's a little bit of a letdown because we didn't learn anything new in this trailer. I don't Did anyone I don't, though? I mean, I didn't learn anything I mean the thing is, is 
yeah, it was confirmed. It just confirmed everything everyone said was going to happen. But uh, but that stuff I felt like was confirmed already. Like on the posters, we saw everything. Well, like the teaser, like you know. That's the thing is, it wasn't. Yeah, I guess was, I didn't there's know. There's time explaining it to people like my mom who wouldn't yeah. have known that the Doc Ock that showed up in the first trailer was not from these films. Sure. Right. Right. So that. this this one actually explains like, hey guys, this is important for the universe. Yeah. Um. Whereas any fan you know, who has more awareness than my mother, who I love dearly and loves these movies, would know from that first trailer. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could see that. I think the only thing that stood out to me, and maybe this is just nitpicky and, and jet lag, but, you know, the, the Doctor Strange, when he's talking to Peter in the beginning, he's like, when you messed up the time spell, and I'm like, Peter doesn't do magic. You're the magician. Like, what do you mean he messed it up? But I guess we saw in the teaser, like, he's, like, talking through it or something. Is that, like, are we really also- blaming him for... Well, Doctor Strange is, the, I mean, we'd have to see the whole the whole scene, but Doctor Strange does have that sense of humor, too. So, Well, might, I think it's a variant Strange. That's also my guess. We're just going to write off this Strange. Stunned silence. Yes. What a, what a... <laughs> yeah, I, I know that's... Just nodding. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. I, I don't know that I, like, am 100% sure that's what's happening, but no, I I'm not 100% be shocked sure, but I, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it just gives us a way to make a disposable character... Or the events of this disposable, right? Because Sony's building their own shit. And then, you know, uh, Marvel's got their whole big picture. And yes, they are starting to intertwine. But now we know with Venom and Mobius and all this stuff, you know, the the Spider-Verse is getting much more complicated. So I could see Marvel proper being like, we need a way to jettison just in case it's a, you know, a strange strange variant. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Yeah, well, and we did see, obviously... I know I, I eventually finished What If, but I don't know. But I mean, they swear that stuff matters. But I know we did see a Doctor Strange who went dark and in that. So there's there's possibilities there. Mm-hmm. And then also we saw a Spider-Man who became Doctor Strange in that version, in that show as well, which in this we saw Spider-Man with like Doctor Strange magic spell on his arm. So I don't know what that's about, but it's I, just. It, I you think know. you were the only of us who finished. <laughs> I, I, I went back because the neighbor convinced me that it, it got better and I, mm. I can't say I thought it did, but I finished because I was like, whatever. It, it, it was like background whatever but i mean yeah we've we've went we went over that you are yeah. completionist as we learned from the g4 I, yeah right oh no, yeah and, I, and I, I can be that way but i was i was pretty over that show but i just was like okay fine so i had it on the background and it was, but i was just curious thinking like oh i wonder if they're actually gonna follow through with bringing some of that to the light or not but either way it just looks like a mess to me i mean in some ways it's nostalgic for people and fun because I, I think there are a lot of people that love the mcu that maybe the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's might have been a big gateway for a lot of people into mm-hmm. comic book world in general. Yeah. You can say they're probably about X-Men as well and things like that. But so I think, you know, I think the general consensus is that people like at least those first two films quite a bit. I have I have different opinions about them, but, you know, I'm very snobby about it. But I could see it being kind of fun and having them all back is neat. But it's just, have we learned nothing about any Spider-Man <laughs> films where it's like when you bring too many villains into it, it's just bloated and it ends up being just like a mess because they always end up being that way. Yes. I, I mean, ironically, we've seen the inverse principle work in that if you have a bunch of Spider-Man, it actually works well. Thank you into the yeah. Spider-Verse. Right. But you cannot have too many villains. Well, yeah. it's just it's just disappointing to see that they're going this route with like 100 villains. And we I think we did see more villains in this because I don't, I don't remember seeing Sandman in the original trailer in the poster there was a big sandstorm but okay yeah yeah Yeah. it's like oh good let's 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 layer in another villain 
Yeah, um, I hadn't seen confirmed lizard until this one, which I thought was interesting. The one good thing about them maybe being leaking from another universe or are leaking from another universe is they don't actually have to introduce them to us, so we don't have to know their motivations. Well, so that's a good... I was just going to ask, is it going to matter then? Because then we just have all these disposable villains, right? So you either know who they are because of your Spider-Man history, or you're just like, oh, a bunch of bad guys, which, you know, that's every Marvel movie. So yeah, I guess, well, you know, we can't go, criticize too much. I was going to go into that point as well. When you, know, when you have too many villains, you need them to all have certain motivations. When you have a lot of heroes, their motivation only really needs to be to stop the villains. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's where I think we kind of get to there. But then to Jackie's point, I think it'll be expected that we'll know what their motivations were previously somewhat. But I think as a standalone film, I think they're trying to nail in, like at least according to this trailer, they're really trying to make us feel that it's, hey, here's a bunch of people and villain creatures, whatever, from all these different universes. It's the tension is that we've opened the multiverse here in a way that right. we try to fix. And the learning that, hey, all these people that are here are people that have died already. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming mm. here before their death. And, and now Peter Parker, because of his drama with the Mysterio, and he's being, people think he killed Mysterio or whatever, right? And so it's this thing where he's trying to like, oh, no, we can't let that happen. And so he's trying to find a way where he doesn't have to kill them or doesn't have to let them go back to die. Right. And so it's the whole moral thing, which... Part of me is like, oh, hey. But then the other part of me is kind of eye roll about it where I'm like, I don't know. It's just yeah. like, it's not your problem. I mean, I can see the eye roll, but I think it is very classic Spider-Man to have a moral debate sort of like that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do I do sort of like the feeling of that. I do, I genuinely think we're going to be disappointed in this film, or at least, I mean, I guess my expectations have been lowered because mm-hmm. not that I had great ones to begin with, but I really genuinely think that scene that they showed us is got to be the only explanation we get the whole film. I can't imagine they go over this information twice. So we're actually not going to get confirmation. Well, at least I don't think it's going to tie to future plans as much as we hoped. Right. Like, um, I think it's going to be, I think we'll get some groundwork about the larger multiverse split. That's going to impact the Marvel, Marvel films as a byproduct. Like, I think we'll get a couple of rules of that universe. We've seen like a little bit of it in Loki, but I think we'll get the movie, you know, expounding on it a little bit more. I think and that's my guess is that that will be the stake that carries over into. I was going to say that. But I don't, but I don't think it'll be satisfying. Right. Like, I think it's just going to, it's going to end. I don't know. I just feel like after seeing that, I was like, okay, they showed us all the bits that we get any explanation or at least most of them. So we get yeah. a really good shape of what what's what we're gonna figure out. I think it's yeah. I think it's gonna serve if if Loki served to teach us about the multiverse and what those rules are and how it works here in the MCU, and then to kind of tee this up. This is gonna serve to show like what the risks of messing with it are, mm-hmm. like the big risks of it, just to tee up what ends up happening in multiverse of madness. Right. Yeah. You know, so I think it's like, it's all kind of like those three things can probably be seen as kind of a trilogy in a weird yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's okay. I think that that's fine. It doesn't have to be more than that, but you know, you made a comment about not being huge on Spidey. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I'm so torn because I love a comic book Spider-Man, but the movies have always kind of just never been my, my thing. And I have this unpopular opinion where my favorite one is the first Andrew Garfield one. I, I thought that was great, and I really, really enjoyed it. I hated the second one a lot. And then I haven't 
obsessed over the two Tom Holland runs. I I really enjoyed him as Peter Parker, even though I kind of think I'm over Peter Parker. I like mm-hmm. Miles or anyone else really. Yeah. Uh, but if we're going to have Peter, I think Tom Holland does it really well. And I think he's really great in the team dynamic, but in his standalone films, even though they haven't really been totally standalone, but in his films, I just, I don't really care. I really didn't like that first one much. And the second one, my expectations were so low that I ended up enjoying it fine, but I could totally take it. I, yeah, I can understand that. I liked Tom Holland's first one a lot. Um, I, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier where this first Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire one was a gateway for me. I think X-Men was bigger, but you know, Spider-Man was an event. It was a thing. And you know, we've talked about it. It does not hold up, but you still have that memory of the moment. And then I kind of skipped the Garfield ones, but no shade to him. I just didn't, I don't, I, my problem with Spider-Man at this point, not the character, but the movie versions is that he's one of the few heroes who we've gotten, you know, of the Marvel ones because we've gotten the DC reboots over and over and over. But like we've Spider-Man is the one we've recycled the most. He's our Batman. He's our Batman. Our MCU yes. Batman. Yeah, he's our MCU Batman. And so I'm like, I don't need more of this. You know, we're starting to move away from it. But my fear is as we deal with this multiverse and as Tom Holland's contract runs out and all this stuff, I'm like, oh, God. We're going to end another Spider-Man origin story somehow. <laughs> like, I, my hope is that they pull a Hulk where they just, like, introduce somebody new somehow and are just like, Spider-Man's always been here. Or, or give us Miles or give us somebody else. But, I, yeah, I, I could do without these cinematic Spider-Men getting such a spotlight of their own at this point. Well, and oh, Peter Parker s- ones, to your yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and honestly, to kind of go off that, I, I quite like Zendaya. And... I, I think we all probably like her, right? And mm-hmm. she's great. And I, the whole MJ kind of thing, I don't know. It looks like at the end of this, they're teasing another moment of like, oh, will he be able to save her falling from this uh, this place and whatever? And that is Gwen Stacy's storyline. And I know we we did that in the Andrew Garfields and they actually did have the Tonys uh, to actually kill her, which was kind of refreshing, even though I hated the film. And I was like, gosh, this would be more interesting if Zendaya was Gwen. And maybe if you don't have to do that storyline again and maybe she's just alive and maybe we get Spider-Gwen in the MCU or something as, as Zendaya. And it's like, but we just keep on, like when we keep recycling these things, I feel like in Spider-Man, we're kind of recycling other characters. Gwen in the Andrew Garfield played the exact same purpose that Mary Jane played in the, the Sam Raimi films, right? Like it's like they just changed the characters out really. It's yeah. just like, okay. And, and they're very different getting, in the comics, like very different. People. And here we <laughs> and here we are getting MJ, who's not Mary Jane, but she's MJ, and she's spunky and kind of the same kind of thing. We're just recycling the same everything about all of it. Yeah. Instead of doing anything different. Yeah, we're just like slapping a different label, not even a new label, just like we're swapping labels, and then we're like, it's look, we've repackaged it. I yeah. think the I just realized the only way that this movie could redeem itself for me, not only way, but a redeeming thing for me would be if they pulled in something from into the spider-verse like if nick cage as spider noir shows up as actual nick you know you know that's the go-to one but you know but if we get like a spider gwen out of it or we get whatever and they're like materialized and then that's how we get our thing i'd be like fine fine <laughs> i'm i'm in i mean into it yeah any way that they can get an I, another spider person because i mean obviously we would all love to have spider gwen and we would and miles and doesn't mean that you know Peter Parker can't exist at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't have to be our, our principal, you know. Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 Well, we have uh, a, a month and change. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, listen, it's been, in my opinion, it's, I kind of talked about this with Eternals, but I think it's been such a strong 
Marvel Cinematic Year. I think in general, it's been a strong year, but even just looking at the movies, it's been really strong for them. And I just, we'll see, maybe this will round it out in a way that'll really surprise me, <laughs> or maybe yes. it'll just kind of bring it down. Yeah, or or we get to, you know, we get to asterisk it and be like, it's the Sony one, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. count. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that, fine. oh no, it's the line from Wreck-It Ralph too. She's from the other studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does anyone understand what she's saying? No. <laughs> she's from another studio. She's from the other. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll see it in a month or so, and you know we're, we're gonna see it, so it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, like, no, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is they didn't even have to release a single trailer. Everyone who was gonna this is didn't get this didn't get anyone to watch it who's not gonna watch it. I don't think. Right. Yes. Unless, well, unless you're not huge in the MCU, but you love the Sam Raimi's, you're like, oh, I want to see these back. Or, you know, maybe. My theory on it is they are just trying to like lock in the hype for flu season and you know whatever winter wave of COVID is coming. They'll be like, you have to go to a theater to see this. Like, remember how hyped you are? Less than a month. Like, go to a movie this. theater. We know yeah. Matrix will be out as well, but you must oh, go yeah. to this. Yeah, but Matrix is going out on HBO Max, so like this is like. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to what I know to be both of your, it's going to be your favorite film of the entire year, is Red Notice. <laughs> you both clearly, I can, we can, we can, this will be a short, you both loved it. You know, we, we've watched it over and over and over again. Yeah, that is an interpretation. What's funny is, so like I started the movie and I got really excited right off the bat really quick when they were talking about Cleopatra stuff because I love HBO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. I live for it. And I was like, ooh, I had uh, full disclosure. I had never even seen a trailer for this. I had only seen the poster and decided that's not for me. That's all you uh, needed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I stand by that. That poster is not same, for me. Same. <laughs> so I had no idea what the story was. And I was like, oh, interesting. We're kind of going into like a, you know, almost Da Vinci Code-ish type of, not really, but like, you know, kind of talk about something in history and then there's artifacts today whatever yeah sure sure, sure. And, then, and then we went into this like cleopatra mark antony like three egg thing and i hated everything about that because i was like this is stupid <laughs> like why couldn't you make something that actually exists there is no egg <gasps> in on display in rome yeah um, there's there's got to be real artifacts you could have basis on the basis could have been something that was based in more reality and like exciting oh. but then i will say i didn't hate the movie <laughs> Really? I actually, I actually found it kind of fun in random ways. Like, I'm not watching it anytime soon again. I didn't hate it. No, okay. I didn't hate it either. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a go-to for me or anything. But I think this is one of those cases where it's like expectations are everything. You know, mm-hmm. I expected to really hate this film. And it turns out it was kind of fun. And, you know, I think in the way that everyone wanted us to, like, Jungle Cruise, you mm-hmm. know, it was more like, action adventure for me but they were interacting with at least each other even if the backgrounds are fake <laughs> you know yeah. it didn't have a lot of terrible cgi mm. you know <laughs> i mean yeah was it good no but it wasn't jungle cruise levels of cgi sure. and terribleness which is- yeah there were no snake people you are right there's <laughs> yeah and so i liked i mean i i like a you know a good old-fashioned mystery heist yeah, like I, I mean, there to that point about the CGI. Yeah, there were ah. things, but there were a lot of moments that could have looked worse. I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised that the two of you did not utterly detest it. I didn't hate it, but I think I probably had the highest hopes for it, just because I love all the people involved so much that I and I knew I just I knew going in, I was like, there's it's gonna be bad. There's not it's not gonna be good. 
I'll, I'll rephrase it from bad, but it's, I just, I had a feeling, and maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where you go in thinking it was not very, very good and it ends up not being very good. But I just wanted, I wanted so much more out of it. And I just found it to be like a paint by numbers, plug and play, you know, completely riding off of their personalities and our, our affinity for their personalities versus any need to act, which is funny because I'm the one who likes them the most probably. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I... I, the rock is fine to me, whatever, but I, uh, usually really dislike Ryan Reynolds and I, I didn't, uh, love him or, or hate him in this, but mm-hmm. he didn't bother me as much as I usually think. I don't know. I found the, I found their back and forth kind of fun at times. And I found some of the little twists and turns kind of interesting. I will say, you know, spoiler zone here, but I will say I was really disappointed actually and hated that the rock ended up being a bad you know yeah like, I, I, like working with gal like that bothered me because i was like oh this feels dumb because i liked it better not that any of it didn't feel dumb but you know like i liked it better when he, he was actually having to compromise his, and trying, yeah. to compromise yeah. his you know values and morals and trying to like exonerate himself still like i liked that better than knowing that he was double crossing the whole time but yeah whatever. agreed and but i I think it was one of those, like, we're going to do one more twist at the end. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, you know, but. And we're going to set up a sequel is really what it is. Yeah. We, sh- we yeah, sure yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, and it did so well. I'm sure they'll make another one. Um, yeah. But I, I guess I, I'm actually thinking about it now. I really liked that there was a villain who was not superhuman and who wasn't like some ancient curse or <laughs> some really dumb plot line. It was literally just thieves trying to outsmart each other. Like that's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. It, it felt like the fun parts of a James Bond film mm-hmm. in ways where it felt kind of just, it was just full of just sticky situations and twists and turns and little mysteries and stuff. And yeah, nothing was, you know, we're so used to getting the CGI baddie and the, the ancient curse and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. that when I kind of was comparing to Da Vinci Code earlier, I actually very much liked Da Vinci Code and story. And I, I liked the film actually too, but it does feel because it, I felt it was fun and it had like the recipe for something that could have been even better. It, I do think that they really could have served themselves to do something really cool with like history that was real. Some right. sort of like, like they could have, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I had a good time with this movie, but I do wish it was better, you know? Yeah. It, it's one of those things where I had a good time with it, and I'm like, man, if you'd push this just a little, if you just went a little farther, you could have gotten into, like, you know, what's that, Nick K- National Treasure, which is an enjoyable. God, one my, legitimately one of my favorite you know, like, like, it's cheesy just like films. A very, yes. And, like, I, you, know, I, you know, those aren't my favorite movies, but that's a good one of those, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's a yeah. good romp time you know, that crosses over for people like me who are not necessarily action adventure people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just and I think that this, honestly, like this was so close to that, that it's just kind of a bummer that they didn't hone the story just like a tap, just a little bit more. I feel like you two are convincing me that maybe it was not as bad as I felt like it was, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, truly a swap of like, I know I did not expect this to go this way. I thought I was going to have to be the one being like, I'm sorry, we had to watch it. And it was like, <laughs> you know? but I mean, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I, 
to me, it was like immediately I clocked the Indiana Jonesness of it. And then at one point they literally reference it. And I was like, oh my God, okay. All right, we're on the we're acknowledging <laughs> it. We're, yeah, yeah. I like that they acknowledged it. We're like, yeah, this is this is what this is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we we love Indiana Jones. And so we're this is our we're getting a chance to do our own Indiana Jones. But I was like, oh, we're gonna sing the theme. And they sang the theme. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I got distracted by the seams, and maybe because I do follow the three personalities more, you know, I actually was more distracted by the moments that were playing off of their, you know, real life personas. Like there's, <laughs> drove me up the wall. There's a bunch of like product placement for, you know, the rock yes. and uh, <laughs> have their, their no, aviation gin. <laughs> for the first time actually yesterday. And it was actually very good. Yeah. But you know, the, the, the gin and the tequila. And I was like, if we'd I almost like, I thought they were cheeky and kind of fun in that way for some reason. Cause I was like, you know what? Get it yours. was fine. But I was like, if we spent more time on the plot yeah. and less time on yeah, product yeah, placement, this would have been an amazing movie. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. But it's no, it wasn't terrible, but I wanted it to be like, well, I you think it was spectacular. I think that's the ticket here, though, is that Jackie and I expected it to be terrible. Right. And then and then are still disappointed by the opportunities it had to be better. Mm-hmm. But if I just hated it, I wouldn't have cared about any opportunity to be better. I just I wouldn't be disappointed. I just be like, oh, my God. Like, whereas you expected to really, really love it. And then because it does kind of fall short of those opportunities we're talking about, you're going to be mm-hmm. harsher on it. You know, right. and I, I will say one thing that I found kind of surprising in a in a weird way is that I thought the weakest part of it, for the most part, was Gal. I didn't think her I performance was that. all that yeah. great. It was bad. And they that was really surprising to me because I really... She's my favorite. I, even, <laughs> I, I, like, I love her in the original Wonder Woman. And even in the travesty that is you know, uh, Wonder Woman 84, she was not the worst in it. Which is not a big compliment, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No, she's problem. Well, I think that's that's a great example of where I was like, this is I just how I felt towards Gal's performance is how I ended up feeling towards all of them, even though the other two I think the other two were working harder. I also think the other two were more involved and then therefore like got more, you know, were more invested or gave themselves better parts or like wrote better for it. And also the writer cannot write women at all. So that's its own. Clearly. <laughs> that was a, oh, yeah. that was a big glaring. Like I was like, all right, we could have at least updated that. <laughs> the other person who was worse than gal. Cause gal's like, gal's fine. She's just be like talking as gal, right? Like she's not acting. Is Chris Diem, whatever, blah, blah, blah. From Silicon Valley as the, the other bad guy. I was like, am I mishearing this? Is this a real accent that this person is trying to do? Like, maybe I misheard it in the first scene. And then he did it again. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, you're like, well. They are. This is a a choice that they have allowed to happen and probably have encouraged to happen. This is where the taste level of this film is at. It's true. And I I will say, even we can give some writing credit, sure, to the guy's roles here, Ryan and The Rock. But I also think they have so much more behind them that were mm-hmm. like you said they were kind of just playing their own personas and so you either either works for you or it doesn't whereas like someone like gal she's done other things of course but i mean i think we probably all see diana when we see her still because it's just like what else is there you know the fast really franchise, fast family. franchise but like but what is there to really reference in a way that's like oh yeah really stand out you know oh, and so you for didn't her to, see uh keeping up with the the joneses <laughs> Oh, it was a very bad movie. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it's just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. 
they have more to go off here. And it's like with her, it's just she I felt like she tried. There were a couple scenes that I thought were decent. Like I thought I actually laughed when that she's like interrogating the one guy and then he trips the alarm and the one guy walks in and she trips him and she's like and that whole that whole thing I, I thought was kind of funny in a weird dry way. And I thought she did it OK, but she just doesn't have the thing so far for me where she can really play like deliciously evil. Well, know? and she's yeah. supposedly going to be the evil queen in Snow White. No. Yes, I thought I mean, that. And I was like, wow. I I don't want to be like super shady, but I don't know if she's a good actress. I don't know that she she's might good. not be. I, I will say this: she's a good, really she's a good Wonder sh- Woman, but that doesn't. I mean, mean she's stunningly beautiful. Oh sure, but, yeah. And so it's but one of those things thing. where it's like that's how you. I mean, yeah. This is going to be really shallow. What I'm about to say, but I'm just going to yeah. say it. Okay, I think I can acknowledge in Snow White, the original Disney film, that the the queen is is a hottie. Like she is. Like she's. Mm-hmm. I think she's gorgeous, right? But she's obsessed with vanity and all these things. But in these remakes, they do or, you know, new iterations of the story, they, I think they make the mistake of just casting the most stunningly gorgeous person they can to play that role, mm-hmm. and then asking me to believe that they're jealous of someone else. Like, I love Kristen Stewart, but I'm not going to believe that Charlize Theron is jealous of her. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I just won't. And so, I, you know, it's just like, and I'm not saying that it's like, oh, Kristen Stewart isn't stunning in her own way, but you get these, like, statuesque, like, <laughs> Right, no goddesses. You get these like who's, who's yeah. prettier than Gal? Like honestly, who are they going to cast? Who's no one can look at her. And have a to play opinion. Snow White. So and, I, I guess the only way it can work is if we get the like the backstory of how she becomes queen, right? Like we can't have Snow White involved. We have to be. Well, the know, thing is, is in the original story, and I'm not saying we should go here either, but. Snow White's like 13 or 14 or something. So she hasn't fully like become. And so the mirror is like, this girl is going to out hot you when her time comes. Yeah. And, and then she like more believable. This girl. But we Wait. keep, we keep casting full grown adults to play Snow White. Oh, they already cast. I didn't realize, I guess it's not a prequel and there's an attached person. Uh, oh no. Mm. Uh, it's the girl. She's going to be the girl in West side story. Maria. She's going to be Maria. Oh, okay. Rachel, yeah, yeah. Rachel Ziegler. Ziegler. Mm-hmm. And she's she's cute, but she's not gal. She's cute, like, but she's yeah. not gal. Like, oh, and oh and so anyway, it's like they keep casting these people who are like adults to play Snow White. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, this person is who they are at this point and stuff. And so I'm supposed to believe that there's a world where this person's going to outshine gal. And I just yeah. don't really buy that. I'm and so looking it, at her, and I'm like. I mean, I guess it's a matter of personal taste, but I'm like, yeah, not even close. You're not even again. And then it just I mean, kind she's of she's cute, but she's yeah. not. I mean, no one is gal though. Yeah, like, yeah. Like even the line in Red Notice, I remember he said something like, "She's a hard ten. And you're, <laughs> I just remember thinking, "Yeah, there's very few people who I'd be like, "Yeah, that's a hard ten. Like, well, I mean, ironically speaking that, of the Disney, but I'm like, well, Angelina Jolie to me is just like case in point. Right. You know, predates Gal, not by a ton, but still, I'm just like, you want to cast the most, be- one of the most beautiful women on earth. Yeah. It's yeah. probably her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, it's like, it, and then in the next, we're kind of getting toward, as we keep moving forward, I would put Gemma Chan here. I would put people like, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. they're too gorgeous to play this. You need something that's a little more believable, or you need to make Snow White younger, but then I don't know that we need a love story with a young teenager with a prince. So it's this thing where I'm like, Maybe we just don't need to make these films anymore. Maybe we need to stop. Uh, we've the been, story. We don't. We don't need to make these films anymore. We never needed to make these films. Yeah. So that's my hot take. 
that, she's not the best actress, I don't think. And so I do yeah. also worry about that part of it. Yes, I mean, she could she could surprise us. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah, I'm looking at her upcoming films, and I'm like, oh, no, she's in Death on the Nile, which, I, yep. I mean, yeah. I just, I really did not like the last Same. Christie adaptation. It was hard for me. I liked, I, I liked things about it, but most of those things were involving just, I liked most of the cast. But then yeah, other than yeah. that, it was just like, this is just a lot of style and no substance. Literally, uh, no Army substance. Hammer is in Death on the Nile. Oh, they might yeah. call that. Yeah, he is. Yikes. Well, this doesn't end well. Yeah, Russell yeah. Brandt. Wow, this actually has some like relatively problematic people. Mm-hmm. Letitia Wright's in it, who mm-hmm. is becoming is lowering and lowering like, on my aggressively list. Oh my god! At this like, point, you're gonna have to. I would if you would have told me it. a year and a half ago that I would want you to recast Shuri. I would have told you were you were out of your mind mm-hmm. and no did way. not speak to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm fully like, let's just recast her. Might as well sh- reshoot the movie at this point. Yep. We just, we got to make changes. Let's well, make changes. I'm, and I'm very worried because I think, not to go on a whole tangent there, but I think we all suspect that Shuri might take up the mantle, right? I don't know what else they're going to do, but mm-hmm. I think it almost feels a little more confirmed for me in that now that she got injured and they're stopping production until next year because of that. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like they can't even film other things they can't just go and film other scenes that she's not right. involved she's in. too she's pivotal. in everything she's yeah. too pivotal for the story or or it's their opportunity to write her out they're not gonna I, write her out but but yeah. i mean yeah. the fact that someone that is that radically anti-vax could be taking up the mantle of black panther upsets me yeah. and i realize that they don't want to take sides and all this like the fact that this has even become politicized is wild to me, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I saw a quote from some rando that really struck me, and it was, if Chadwick Boseman was alive and battling cancer, would oh you God. Would you be on that set, anti-vax? Mm, great question. And, I, and that to me is, that says everything you need to know. Right. Like, I want to know what her answer is. And, and rhetorically, it's easy to be, you know, she can say, but it's like, like, and if you would not, if she would say you wouldn't risk that for him and that you mm-hmm. would get back. Well, and the thing is, is he was, yeah. he was, no, but he was keeping it a secret too. And so this is the thing is there's people all around us that we don't know what they're going through and what they're doing. And right. like, so how dare you have the like yeah. audacity to think that your life, you know, yeah. is valued higher it, than yeah, theirs. It's, I mean, your inconvenience is out of control. It just hits and even so, harder knowing that her co-star. And so, like, for me, right, if she yes, becomes Black person. Panther, it's just a terrible fucking look. Well, I mean, it was, it's bad enough that she is, I, I was so happy that there was, you know, a Black role model for women in STEM and all this stuff. You know, it was just, like, making STEM cool in general. Yeah. And then, ugh, and, and, and we've talked about this so many times, but the art and artist thing is really hard for me. It's hard, and this is this is it's a really, really, really hard. And a case in point. And again, going back to yeah, you know, Death on the Nile, Arby Hammer, all like all these all these people, Russell Brand. I feel like he's probably watch him be anti vax or something. I don't know. I don't know about him. <sighs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't Russell actually Brand. have any. Let's the be thing is, is like I'm not actively looking for your status on this. So if you could just shut up. Yeah. And like, just you know, whatever it would. Well, no, be some of me wants to know, so I cannot support them and avoid yeah, them at all costs. Agree. <laughs> you know, I just but, don't think about it. Like I assume you're. I, 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 in my mind, like I, maybe it's just like willful ignorance, but I assume you're probably doing the right thing. 
even if you're not a guest, where it's like, I don't take tabs on every celebrity I like. But when mm-hmm. you start, I, and I, I just assume, right? And I, it's like better to know so you can just say, oh, forget you. But it's just like, you just make this messy for yourself rather than mm-hmm. just shutting up about it. Like Jackie said, just like be quiet. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just weird to me. But well, obviously just, on a movie set and stuff. And, it's and like, I get that get movies are separate and all this stuff, but it's just so dangerous because the black community already doesn't trust the vaccine, you know. And then when you have people like an actress that's playing a leader. And a scientist. Just, yeah, and a scientist. It's just, it's not a good look. Yeah. Yep. Well, this took a dark turn. Yeah. From the, the fluffiness Sorry, that was Sorry, Red Notice. No, 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 it's, I mean, well, Red Notice, that was a movie. <laughs> we watched it. We yeah. watched it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly very surprised that you two are not as as harsh on it as I am. <laughs> I'm actually more surprised than you, I think, because I, again, I'm not like aching to watch it again anytime soon or maybe ever. I don't know. But I just mm-hmm. was like, okay, like I wasn't dying when I was watching sure. it. Sure. No. I, I didn't need to turn it off at any point, you know. Yeah. I was I was sad when I watched it. There were there by I think like the second half of it, I think I'd given up and and started laughing at some things. But uh, the the first the first one I was. You could only was criticize laughing. so much until you're just like whatever. Like I'm well, I also think they up, just yeah. stopped caring at a certain point. They were just yeah. like, "We'll we're gonna sing the Indiana Jones theme yeah. and we're gonna do all this stuff." And yeah. you know, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. But I'll say I and I think I'll say this about both things we watched this week on Netflix. But it felt like a real movie, which I often yes. feel like I'm saying sometimes the Netflix films don't feel that way to me. It felt like something that I could have seen in a theater and thought, oh, that was a real movie. It's <laughs> so funny. My, my gut reaction to it was I was like, thank God this is on Netflix. People aren't going to, because I don't know if I, if I had gone to a screening or even, you know, even if I hadn't paid for it, I would have been like, I, I hold my ass out here for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't sad that I didn't see it in a theater. Uh, yes, yeah. but but you know it could have been in a theater and been fine. I I will acknowledge that it is possible that a sequel might be better than this yeah. because they've they've gotten rid of the the pretense of the plot twists in the you know the, the we know who everyone is and we've already got the rapport between all of them and it's it's possible. They could just focus on getting good. Getting a good story this time. Yeah, it could be a good heist film. Yeah, right? just like it's in their just footing pure... early on. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to say, I, just thinking about it chronologically, I'm like, I'd really liked the Ed Sheeran cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'd heard him talking about it in a podcast beforehand. And I was like, oh, that sounds really funny. But I didn't know it was going to be Red Notice. Yeah. And then when like the big wedding started, I was like, oh my God, I bet it's going to be Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, and lo and, was, lo and behold. Yeah. I thought it was so random. Yeah, Ed Sheeran's just willing to be in all the movies. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he was talking about how he knows he's not like an actor, actor, and so like a cam- he'd rather do a cameo and not mess up something than be in a role. Role. It sounded like I was like, yeah, yeah I, re- I I appreciate well, the self awareness. Yeah. I think, I, like he doesn't enjoy the acting part. Yeah, but he likes. Yeah, I, I think if I was Ed Sheeran, I'd probably be doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's like when everyone <laughs> I mean, like, when everyone was mad about him being on Game of Thrones. I was like, right. Yeah. If you didn't have his influence, you wouldn't have been like, yeah. can I be a can I be a soldier? Yeah, exactly. On Game of it was Thrones? like, would you say no to being on Game of Thrones? Like, come on, C- come on. And he just was. Pretty, he sang a little he jingle. Was and it was pretty. And it, like, yeah. it, was, it was like. It was so inoffensive that I was just like, I think, I think we have other things we could talk about right now. <laughs> well, I agree. and also like he just also has that look where it's like, yeah, he would be alive and give. 
Westeros. Like I, I just <laughs> yes, I he would be that. in Westeros. Yes, <laughs> like I see that journey for him. I don't know. Yeah, it for yeah. Him. He has a good cameo in like Bridget Jones's Baby or something like that yes, too. I just yes, I don't know. He just seemed he, he was in that that Beatles movie that was like oh right. Yeah, get, uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to call it Get Back, but it's not that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, no, it, yesterday's it, the earnest one. Yes, it is yesterday. Yesterday, it's yesterday. Okay. He was like yeah. the song, the studio recording guy or whatever, right? Like, right. And so like yeah. he he meets Ed Sheeran at some point and they have a, like a songwriting contest and he uses like right. a Beatles song and then wins and then yeah. Ed Sheeran gives him a record deal. And so it's like a bigger part than I've seen him in anything else, but it's like so Oh yeah, and he like he's self, like have you thought about changing like... these lyrics or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, the yeah, hey Jude or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a, yeah, that was an enjoyable little like a random It's, har- it's harmless, you know. Like... Yeah. Yes, I do I, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, red Red Notice is harmless. I would say that is the. It's aggressively fine. It's, <laughs> it's aggressively <laughs> fine. All right. Well, moving on to our other Netflix film of the week, Passing. I'm gonna guess you two actually liked this one. Honestly, like is kind of strong for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, I, it was hard. It was rough for me actually. Not in like a because of the source material or just because of the the quality. I was I was foc- focused in on a lot of things that I thought were kind of um, taking me out of the source. Yeah, both because okay. I really hate I un I know what they were going for, but mm-hmm. I hate the artificial black and white. It's just so pretentious feeling to me. And then the like, you mean the film look as opposed to yeah. the, as opposed to the topic of the yep. The, the yeah, film. it works on both levels. It, I, it because does, I think that's does. what they were like. Oh my god, it's totally a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I understand where you were coming from, and it made it easier for us to to know that they could be passing as white, right? Mm-hmm. And and that kind of thing. And I got it, but it just feels. I didn't love that. It, it was pretentious, right? And mm-hmm. then the movie was pretentious. Like it was just slow when it didn't need to be necessarily, and I just. Yeah, I wasn't obsessed. Okay. I yeah, I could see that that take on the black and white uh, look. I what I hated more than that was the four by three aspect ratio. Yeah. Is that we're, we're, we're getting very technical oh, today? <laughs> that because the black and white, I'm like okay, and and you want this to feel of of the time you're trying to have it mm-hmm. be in and whatever and all these things, and then the four by three ratio is just the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, you're trying to make me feel like this is an actual old film, and that's where I get kind of like. Where if you're doing the black and white thing for artistic reasons and whatever, it's one thing. But then the four by three, I'm like, the only reason you're doing that is because you want this to feel like like you want this right. at this point with yeah. that. So you want this to feel like it's from the, you know, back in the day, and it, which is fine, but it just felt that felt pretentious to me. And so the pair of it together was a lot. But I think I just got I was getting hung up on things where I was like, I, I love I love the cast. I love mm-hmm. both Tessa and Ruth, but it was hard in the way that I was like, I don't. I don't know. Ruth did not look like a white woman to me, and I know I'm not alive in the time, but to 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 the level that she married a hardcore racist who has never even, to his knowledge, met a black person mm-hmm. and cannot talk about a black person without uttering the n word, and didn't think that she was anything but purely white. I just didn't see it. And then he met Tessa Thompson and thought the same, and. I, and maybe no, isn't something... he married to Tessa? And no, he's married. He's to... married to Ruth Nega, and then he Ruth. and then he, um, Alexander Skarsgård Skarsgård is married to Ruth Nega, and 
then he meets Tessa Thompson when she's up there in the house, whatever. And Tessa had no idea he was going to be well, like Well, because Tessa's racist. husband can't pass, remember? Yeah, Tessa's husband's the doctor. Um, I got them completely was, uh, murdered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tessa, I got this Tessa's film in Holland. January, yeah. so I, it well, yeah, been, no. I did, and I did not rewatch it because I'm bad. Well, but to um, that point, though, even, either, even so, in the scene I'm referring to, Alexander Skarsgård's character meets the friend, so whether that mm-hmm. was, you know, and believes that she is also a white woman when he meets her. Right. And maybe there's something there that I'm just not, I haven't experienced, or maybe there's something there where when you have the blinders on, he's just like able to see what he wants to see. But I was like, I'm just not buying this. And it's like, uh-huh. he's racist as hell. He's not just a guy who, oh, it's segregation and all these things, and he just exists in this world. No, he's like actively racist and does not think right. black people are humans. You know, so it's like, it was just so extreme that I, I had, I was, it took me out. I was like, I don't buy this at all. I just don't mm-hmm. buy well, it. Well, and I was just... <sighs> And to, to that effect, is I also had the same thing where it's like you could tell Bruce Nega had dyed her hair like blonde or lighter, right? Mm-hmm. And was clearly, but he sleeps with her. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> like he doesn't know the other, you know, hair on Probably her body. just distracted by, yeah. And like, so that's kind of strange. And then on top of that, it was just kind of, he was so aggressively racist, which maybe is more true to the time than we would like it to be, right? But it just felt so unbelievable that she could have pulled this off mm-hmm, and no. just, like, or that she would even, like, prefer that life. Well, and you know procreated what I mean? with him. And I, yeah, I like, like, that I like the, I, the thing is that I know it's based on a book, which I have not read, and I'm guessing it, it is a lot more effective in the book because you can look at this, you can picture this woman however you want, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about, I mean, Rebecca Hall, directed this and wrote it for the screen and she passes i think right yeah so that's a complicated thing i want to talk about in a minute but i just mean that that you can picture this woman differently and maybe it's hard because i already know who ruth nega is and i've seen her several times but it just i just did i just wasn't buying it in the look and then when you kind of go into that i maybe it's just that the film is not accessible enough for me in the way where I can understand a myriad of reasons why someone who could pass for white in that time, especially Mm -hmm. would want to pass for white and have the life and everything that she thinks she Mm -hmm. can get Mm -hmm. as being a woman. I can, I can understand what that, what those reasons are, but I feel like in the film, we weren't shown a single one of them. Mm. And and so I kind of wanted to get more of her motivation behind that. I wanted to see it. Not, it didn't have to be like, spelled out in a way that it's shoved in our throats but it just felt so she was so miserable and i get it we meet her she's already miserable and all she wanted to do was be black again and i can appreciate that but i also would have liked to have understood more from her perspective how she got away with this and why yeah not even how because how is like okay we can write that off as it's an artistic interpretation but why i think is more important right yeah the why would have had it the why aside from like institutionalized racism yes because that's a broad any story involving this could be that like all they needed to do was have them go somewhere and then like have tessa not pass at one point right or something where you just like have you know have a scene like that well tessa passed as white with alexander skarsgård and and she makes a comment later because she sees him on the street and he realizes then that she, she's, she's with a friend she's with, with a black friend, friend at black. that point right yeah and then she says oh you just met the first person i've ever actually passed for a white woman in front of where i've tried to, right know. and so 
But there wasn't a scene where it suddenly became a. The only scene where it was a big issue that Tessa didn't pass was the ending when mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård burst in at the, at the party at their house. And, right. Um, but but I was thinking more like just like a subtle one where like they go downstairs to have a drink or something and they won't let her sit at the table or like you know what I mean like something that just really showed like the difference of privilege. Yeah, like illustrates. Oh, okay. Like this is why you do it, and you know. But again. I think we can all imagine a myriad of reasons why someone would do it. And so it's like, maybe uh, it's counterintuitive that I even think they need to put it in. Cause it's like, well, we, we understand that, but it, it, there were other comments too, where like, you know, Tessa's with her husband and then she's asking, she's saying, Oh, is, isn't she so beautiful and all this? And he says, no, he's like, you know, I prefer my women dark. And I was like, well, Tessa's not exactly a dark-skinned person. Yeah, the whole point is so that was yeah, like, they're cl- they're close to yeah, and it's like she we saw this where she passed at one point, but also I'm like it felt very in a way, and I and I don't want to speak for an entire community that I'm not a part of, but it felt I know we we know that there's a lot of colorism that does take place in Hollywood, and I know within the community and stuff, but in Hollywood where we champion a lot of actresses and actors who are lighter skinned and darker skinned have harder times getting roles at times, mm-hmm. and it felt kind of like a weird line to have in there, especially from an actor who is darker skinned than Tessa or Ruth are to be kind of, Oh, I prefer my women dark while he's trying to make out with his wife who he's seemingly implying is dark. And I'm like, Oh, well was this role supposed to be somebody darker, but yeah, it's, but it's weird. So I just, I felt like it was kind of messy in those ways, but you know, I really thought it was shot beautifully. I, I really liked. I, I really did. I really liked the cinematography. There were several scenes and shots where I was like, "Wow, I really like this camera work a lot." Mm-hmm. And there were things about it I liked, but overall, I was so fixated on these on these things that I thought didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So for me, the biggest thing that overshadowed it, and the, this is where context comes into play, and it it should not matter, but it does matter. So when I I saw it at Sundance, and and it was like, "Oh, it's Rebecca Hall's directorial debut," and I was like. Is it the place of a white woman to be telling this story? Now, afterwards, when she started doing press for this, you know, it came out that she, I think her grandfather was African-American, part African-American at least, right? But Rebecca Hall presents very much as a white woman. I doubt she has ever in her entire life had to deal with the the, the public perception of being a person of color, right? Internal conflict or, mm-hmm. or you know, personal ancestry, like family drama, that's its own whole separate thing. But out and about in society, she has, ne- I, I highly doubt she has ever had to deal with a single issue associated with being a person of color. And so I was like, you know, there are so few opportunities for directors of color and women of color in Hollywood that wasn't really, if, if it hadn't been a famous actress who wanted to make this movie, I don't know if this movie would have gotten made for then, you know, another 10, 15 years, whatever it may be. So it's good that it got made, but I was just like, is it her place to be telling this story? Now, Later, it comes out and about, you know, that maybe she has more of a connection to it than at first perception. But that is just something that stuck out to me the entire time while watching the film. I was like, this is still coming from the perspective of someone who has floated through society as a white person for their entire life. So yeah. it does it does, yeah, does it color it. Yeah, and, I, and I, I totally agree with that. And I will say to that point, I think it is better, in my opinion, that she read this, wanted to make it, wrote it and got it made rather than a studio hired her to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say that the optics there are a tad better, yeah. but, but there are, yeah, like you said, there are so many, it doesn't, it's, there's so many other people who could have and maybe should have. Well, and uh, I think, I think this. it would have, 
I, I assume that there was a lot of the dynamic involved. And obviously, you know, I, I was reading that like, you know, Ruth and Tessa both gave input and all that stuff, but it's just Rebecca Hall's experience is going to be very different than both of those characters because it doesn't matter for her. Like the passing is not even a question for her. She passes like it's not, there's no borderline. There's no whatever. Yeah. She hasn't had those experiences. I'm sure she's experienced many of the issues of, you know, that comes with being a woman, but there's this whole other aspect of being a woman of color that I just don't know if that authenticity read through to me. I don't know if the actresses could save it with their performances. Yeah. And I think to that point, I mean, again, I haven't read the book, but I have to wonder if in the book, the uh, Ruth Nega's character is someone who passes a lot more easily than I believed she did in the movie. Yeah. In that, even when they were at the club in Harlem, the one, the white guy who's there and talking to Tessa and their friends and stuff, the older guy. And he's like dumbfounded to learn that, that she's not a white woman. That right. Ruth Nega's character was watching her dance. Right, 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 right. right. Like, yeah. Like they, but he's like, he's like, what? No. But, you know, and I'm like, even if, even if you want to argue that Ruth could pass in that way, when told that information, I don't think it'd be shocking to learn that she's not fully. I wonder, so like, I wonder if, I if Rebecca like, Hall secretly wanted to cast herself as Ruth's role. I, I wonder. I thought that because. One of, my, one of my really good friends in middle school's dad was black. And she and and she was like Snow White, honestly. Mm-hmm. And she had in her hair texture; it was curly, but it was like white girl curly, you know. And it was bizarre when you met him, but it was just one of those things where genetics does happen that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's you know, because her little brothers, you know, were little little black boys, you know, or like you know half and half, and they looked it, you know, traditionally, and so. I don't know. It's just why there are people, I guess I'm saying that there are people who can look very white and not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's, what I mean, you know, and this is just getting to character motivation and character decisions. So it's not to fault the story. But that's why when I, with the Ruth Nega character, I was like, God, you procreating with this man is so risky because you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and what do you think this man is so, because again, we met other people in the film who were not seemingly as crazy racist as Alexander Skarsgård. So it was also a thing where I'm like, why did you choose this guy well, I just, who is I just, just like, believe ah. she didn't find like a nicer white dude. Some, like, any, like someone yeah, else. Like, which, like you know, anyone whatever. who was a little more moderate about his views, right? Like he right. hates black yeah. people because everyone hates black people, but he doesn't have this. Or he just like, doesn't fight for them. But right. Yeah. Whereas like Alexander Skarsgård was like <laughs> actively hating that, like, yeah. loathing them. In such a way that it was like, wow, okay, this was a choice. Yeah, like couldn't have a conversation about a person who was black without dropping the N-word. It was just kind of like. Well, the N-word thing, I'm like that probably of the time. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, the the attitude with which he. But it was just so like, uh, you know. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, maybe it's explained in the book and maybe. I bet you there's a backstory that just didn't make it into the film is honestly what it. Yeah. Well, honestly, because the whole thing to me, I have a couple questions about if you interpreted things certain ways, but the whole thing to me read as if Rebecca Hall, and maybe again, maybe the author was this way too in the book, but Rebecca Hall was writing this story and it was, or for the film, for the you know screen. And she's like, okay, this is a, here's an idea, a concept. Mm-hmm. And just like writing some scenes and then just like, was like, okay, I don't know how to end this. Okay, bam, <laughs> let's just do that. It's over. Like, it just felt like this very, like, what was the point of any, the way that it, it kind of went toward the end there? Mm-hmm. And so it felt very incomplete. Like, like I felt like there wasn't even barely a real story there, which maybe I'm crazy for thinking that, but I just didn't really feel there was. But 
Did you think at the end, so in the party scene when Alexander Skarsgård busts in the room and he's calling mm-hmm. Ruth a liar, liar. No, he calls th- Claire, right? Well, Ruth, sorry, Ruth. Oh, Maggie, sorry, Ruth. Yes, I, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Claire. I was looking at the description. I was like, who's Ruth? No, I was forgetting names. Yeah, yeah yes, so I would say yes, Ruth. Yes. Yeah. So Claire, yes. he's calling liar, liar and everything. Yeah. Do Did you interpret that as, does he figure out that she's not white or does he is he saying liar because she knows black people and that her friend is oh, i i figured that he figured out that she was not white that was and then opinion. i'm like and then my question is and again i'm not this is just character decisions but then i'm like what happens to that child like what do you think that's that's the i was just I mean? say like, if your what? cover ever gets blown what do you think this man's going to do to your kid well that's and what I just, I just didn't understand i mean because they're at least at least we've been shown in cinema, that there are nice white people who existed during this time. <laughs> so, you know, who knows how true that is, I guess. But we were like, shown in this movie there were, so I don't know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> so it's like, you couldn't have found a nice one? That That's what I mean. This, in this secret and, like, not not force your children to... Right. But this guy, I, I think he... In, in some ways, when he's screaming liar at her, I was like, it would make more sense to me if he killed her. He's that insane. I mean, I and maybe he would have. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I don't know. I felt like it, he killed her in a sense, but yes, yeah, I, I mean, think you mean more pro, like actively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tessa definitely pushed her out the window in accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only. It's not funny, but I'm laughing because it's just a stupid statement. But she yeah, did. Yeah. I mean, it was. We see her arm. I almost wish we didn't see the arm movement, so that it could have been a little more disambiguous. But yes. But then we see him sitting there, kind of. I mean, I guess the cops were making him stay there because they're trying to figure out what happened. But he's sitting there by her dead body, and he's like looking very sad. Which I get. He's sad about, you know, he's losing his wife and this and that. But. If he, I don't know, it was just weird. If like we he didn't hated, get enough. He hated black people so much. You think he would be so like oh, angry yeah. at mm-hmm. being, you know, deceived in this very, you know, betrayed, you know, in the very, you know, real sense of it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And then the other question I had was, did you did you feel it was explicitly done, or did you pick up on vibes that was Tessa Thompson's character gay? I think we are imposing our knowledge of Tessa Thompson. Is that what's happening? Queerness. Yeah, I wondered because I, I, I did get a little vibe, but then I was also kind of like, I don't know. Well, there were moments and then it was like when they were at the Harlem Club that first night and like, you know, Ruth's character was looking around for someone to dance with and Tessa like grabbed her hand and like looked up, just gave her a look of just you're gorgeous type of thing, whatever. And then she's like talking about her later. And then I thought it was interesting when she's having the talk with the guy, the, the white guy at the club again couple scenes later and he's talking about her and she's passing and whatever and he's just like well we're all we're all passing for one thing or another aren't we kind of thing and i kind of thought like oh are you saying that you're gay and then also she didn't like any time her husband touched her she was kind of like not trying to get fresh with him and so i was wondering (laughs) what you're saying about the test yeah my my guess this is just my how i interpreted it i think what the film is trying to do and i don't know if it was successful in this is it's trying to you know set the beauty standard up, right? Is that like, oh, you know, she's admiring her because she can pass possibly. Mm-hmm. I do think the Bill Camp character is gay. The the older white man who's not yeah. Alexander Starkarts. I think that was his, I think that was like, oh, and I don't, I'm going to guess that's, I don't even know if that character, that character's probably not in the book. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like that was trying to like modernize it a little bit. But I feel like the idea is that Tessa Thompson is insecure around you know, uh, Ruth's character. And then the husband thing is because she thinks they're having an affair and all that stuff. And she thinks like, yeah. 
she's recoiling because she thinks that's what he's interested in. And that, yeah, that was, that see, was at least what I, yeah, I, I, that, I, yeah, that could be totally true. And they, I just felt like they didn't go far enough into any real deep character exploration on any level here because I, yeah, we're giving when, it a lot more credit than it. <laughs> well, cause when she, when she made the comment to her husband about something about you're only happy when she's around type of thing, mm-hmm. I felt like I was like, really? Like, I feel like he's seen her twice. Like I was like, I felt like this, none of this is earned. Like it just felt, I don't know. It, if it was interesting, it's like for Rebecca Hall's uh, prowess here as a writer and director, I'd say directing wise, if this is just this was the script, let's say you just had to direct it. Like I said, I thought there were things about it that were that were nicely done. But I think that writing wise, it could have used several more passes. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Like, you know, so I'm not saying I think she's terrible at it, but I think that it could have used some more fine tuning. Well, you know, and and this goes back to my you know assertion of that she it privilege right like had had somebody else had an unknown come up with a really good script possibly but not been attacked you know I don't know if this movie would have gotten made. Yeah, I mean, would stars of this caliber even wanted to be attached to it? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. because of the maybe. material, right? Yeah. But like, I but the script was really good, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think if this script had been turned in by someone yeah. who did not was not a famous actress, it was not going to get made. Yeah, they would have said, "Give it another rewrite." Yeah, I, I don't think Tessa and Ruth would have signed on. They would be like, yeah. "I am mildly mildly curious to check the book out to know if it's just goes into depth a lot more because I think the story could be, it could be really sad. I I get the sense it doesn't based on the Wikipedia, and this is based on the Wikipedia okay. article. I think it's much broader okay it seems like it's like it's it's broken up into three parts and so i think it only focuses on like as you said it's like here's the three things and shit mm-hmm. we have to fill in the center like the middle parts and i don't know if that i think that's where the you know the weaknesses lay because yeah, i do think yeah. the scene at the hotel or restaurant wherever they are is a strong scene and i think mm-hmm. the party scene for better or for worse is a strong scene yeah and then i guess i think this book has been elevated because it is one of the few uh, a few you know from that time that focuses on, I guess it's from uh, race and the tragic mulatto is the, uh, the trope, the theme. And that's a, a recurring theme in African-American literature. I, yeah, I uncomfortable saying that word, but it's, yeah. it is a thing. It's, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think because of a lack of circulation for material at this time, like this is probably why this story persists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, who knows? The book could be amazing, and we just saw a really shit adaptation yeah. of it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, would you recommend passing based on everything we've just discussed? I think it depends on the person. I think, unfortunately, it's one of those ones where it is. Look, like, 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 none of us, least of all Jackie and myself, would be considered like the audience for this story. That's not going to go deep into into the whys and mm-hmm. things like that. But it might resonate really deeply with somebody in a way that, you know, it's for them. And sure. so depending on the person, the level of interest, yeah, I wouldn't say, oh God, avoid it. It's not a terrible film. It's just not no, really, no. you know, but I'm not going to go text people and say, oh, you must go watch Passing. Yeah. Clearly going very hard for the award stuff, which for me, Jackie, would you agree with what Matt said? Or Yeah, I would agree with Matt said, and I hope it doesn't win any awards, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, from the second I saw it, I was like, oh no, it's awards bait. Yeah, and, and and because this year will still be a little wonky, I was like, oh no, yeah. oh no, <laughs> and because I think we're still you know for a long time to come, we'll be dealing with the you know racism in Hollywood. 
the this is fodder for awards voters to be like, we're not racist. Look, we gave passing an award. Right. I do think I think people who don't have a possibly inherent connection to this will come to this because of Ruth or because of Tessa. Which that. is fine. I think I think they do a good job with what they're given. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I mean, I'd have to sit here and I have to look at the end of the year and see who I think all my strongest performances of the year were everywhere across the board. But, you know, just based on history, I wouldn't be so angry if either or both of them were up for nominations of some sort at places just because there have been white people in years past who have done less and gotten more. Sure. So for that principle, right. like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like angry about it, but would no. I nominate either of them currently? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed with that. I mean yeah. I'm all for them getting awards, I guess. I just think yeah, this but one I, doesn't I, necessarily warrant it. But that's Yeah, I would say it's an asterisk, like I guess there's nothing better award, but to your point, plenty of people not of color have uh, raked in those awards. So Oh yeah. There yeah. have been worse performances that have been recognized higher. So yes. but I think this yeah. will be so all right, well, I don't know. Do we feel this broke our Netflix movie curse, or do we think? I don't think it broke it. I know. But it... I mean, I think Red Notice made me not think that they're all going to be terrible. That's so funny. I really, I I'm so <laughs> surprised. Like if you were a betting, a betting gal, yeah, would this would have been a, this reversal of fortunes. Like, I really would have lost this bet because you I was like, they're going to be... They're going to be so angry. They're going to hate it. They're going to like curse my name for making them watch it. <laughs> yeah. Cause like it, it is, again, I think we talked about this before, but like passing was a film that I was acquired by Netflix as opposed to red notice, which was made by Netflix. And I think it shows. Yeah. I, I think that it hasn't broken the curse, but it's for me, it's kind of, I don't know. Like I said, I think they both felt like actual movies, even though one, I think they both needed more in the story department, but but I felt that it, you know, they both felt like, okay, like they didn't feel cheap mm-hmm. to me. And so many of the Netflix films have. And so I think it, it didn't break it, but it kind of renewed a little bit of a, maybe we can get good content. Yeah. Yeah. Never fear. We've, we're, we're about to go on a, a downward spiral. No, <laughs> Princess Switch 3 comes that out next count. week. That's not a Netflix movie of the week. That is... Well, uh, but it is still a legendary a Net- Netflix. Yes, it I- is a Netflix property, and I'm very yes, excited. Yes, but it doesn't come out on a Friday, so it's not one of their movies of the week. It comes out on a Thursday. Dare <laughs> mm. All right. Well, we'll reconvene with – we'll have to do another Netflix one next week because it's Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two good, two good Netflix things next week. We hope. Yeah. yeah who knows? I guess, yeah. Tiger King 2? Tiger King 2. Oh, God. I'm watching it. It comes out in a minute. It comes out. I'm watching it tomorrow. Message, All right. Tell me. <laughs> oh, God. I, I didn't watch the you. first one, but. What? No, I don't. I don't like watching tigers in cages. Oh, well, not only that, you also don't like things, uncomfortable things. So. Yeah. I just yeah. can't imagine I would ever. That is the entire joy of Joe Exotic is just like the discomfort. We should do Tiger King too. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm All not. right. Well, thanks both. Thank you.
Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt, and now a couple of quick follow-up points. So good news for the people who did spend time and lined up and went to see the Spider-Man trailer premiere in Los Angeles. Tom Holland did come and intro it and do uh, some fan interaction Q&A stuff afterwards, although it wasn't promised when they announced that you could go to see this trailer thing. But it's nice for the people who were, you know, enthusiastic enough to attend that they were rewarded for their efforts. And then to sort of cover our butts legally, I, I suppose, in terms of what Letitia Wright said, she has denied saying anti-vax things on the set of Black Panther 2. She said, it's not my intention to make anyone upset, nor am I saying don't take it. I'm just concerned about what's in it, that's all. Isn't that fair to question? If you don't conform to popular opinions, but ask questions and think for yourself, you get canceled. Well, eh. I mean, this is a rabbit hole, but uh, she certainly has not come out and said that people should get the vaccine and that she has gotten it. So we'll leave you with that. And also, unfortunately, I was not wrong. Russell Brand is very vocally anti-vax. And then as for passing, well, it turns out, at least for the novel, there is probably a lot more that was actually in the novel than we gave the film a credit for adapting. Scholars have interpreted there to be a possible homoerotic aspect to it. There's also the themes of jealousy and whiteness and then middle class security. So there's there's a lot going on. You know, again, I think we would have to actually read the novel to be able to properly compare it as opposed to just, as opposed to doing a brief read through the Wikipedia article. But it was impact, but it clearly has been impactful. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.